It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown Brewers, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, where we talk about your favorite teams every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and you can follow me on short on Twitter at shortstopball. And also joining me is my co-host, Benny Rotino, and you can follow him at, on Twitter as well at Benny Rotino. And as always, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Brewers and subscribe to the Lockdown Brewers podcast wherever you get your podcast. And just a reminder that this week I will be going live on the Locker Room app Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central to watch some of the Royals Brewers game with you. So please make sure to go out and download that Locker Room app and join me then. Uh, today we'll be recapping uh, what happened over the weekends, worth the game, also getting to some news, uh, and then just uh, giving you our biggest takeaways from the weekend and assessing where this Brewers team is now that we are a quarter of the way through the season. Before we get into all of that, I'll remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. So quickly run through some of the news from the weekend. Uh, the Biloxi Shuckers threw a no-hitter, I believe it was Friday night. It was a game started by Ethan Small, who went five innings in the bullpen, finished it off. Where was a good bit of a walks in that game, but still a no-hitter is a no-hitter. Um and then um, Christian Yelich uh, got two at bats each, I think, in all three of the games for the National Sound over the weekend. Went over five with a couple of walks, but you know, just getting him in the lineup uh, certainly was a good thing. And getting those at bats, trying to get uh, back into playing shape and getting uh, getting used to adjusting or getting comfortable with that back. Uh, they are going to talk to the medical staff uh, today, most likely, and kind of reevaluate Yelich before they decide if he will be available for this Kansas City series or what the plan is going forward. I believe in all three of those games, he got two at-bats and got out of there. So, I mean, he's yet to even really play a full game. Um, So my, you know, personal take on it is that he probably won't be ready uh, and that he'll need more time. I I mean, I I don't know about you, Vinny, but I would think you would need to play a full game um, and see how you respond to that before the Brewers would consider calling him back up I think I think the team definitely wants to see him not only play a full uh well actually I did hear that they don't really care about playing a full game they care more about like bouncing back back to back for three games in a row so um that that makes sense either makes sense to me to be honest so um yeah, I, I mean, if he can continue to, to do baseball activities and then kind of make progress and not really, it sounds like not have a setback is really what is the concern. So it sounds like he's not having any setbacks, so that's good news. Yeah, because that's kind of what we talked about on the last podcast too, you know, is that it feels like the Brewers are, and Yelich too, I'm sure, are concerned if this thing's good, just going to keep popping back up. And so it's almost kind of like they're, you know, slow playing it, seeing how he responds, seeing if it's, you know, something that's going to be manageable or is it something he's just going to, you know, continue to deal with. So, uh, I mean, I'm assuming if something bad would have happened by now over the weekend, you know, we would have known about it. 
Um, so we'll just have to see how, how Yelich feels and that the medical staff um, sees in him from over the weekend, and then they'll determine when he could possibly come back or if he needs more time. Uh, Kesson Hira also finally got to make his day, or not debut, but return to AAA. Um, and he got off to a hot start with Nashville, got four doubles in his first two games, but he's gone hitless in the last two. Um, so still good to see him uh, making some solid conduct there, getting some extra base hits. Uh, then a little bit of roster uh, movement. Uh, Hobie Milner was called up and added to the roster over the weekend. He became the 42nd player for the Brewers to appear in a game this season, which is just kind of crazy. The sheer amount of you know players the Brewers have had to roll through so far. And again, we're just a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, the corresponding move there, Eric Lauer got sent down. Um, they want to get him back stretched out as a starter because they're planning on going back to a six-man rotation sometime soon, and I think he needs to be a part of that. I, I was pretty impressed with the work that Lauer did for the most part, uh, his time up. So, you know, if he can kind of harness that, go back and work on becoming, uh, getting stretched back out of the starter, certainly feel at least a little bit more comfortable now with him coming back up and grabbing some starts. Uh, and then Vinny, we are, like I said, we're a quarter of the way, a little bit over the quarter of the way through the season now. The Brewers are 21 and 20, um, which, you know, I think with all of the injuries, uh, if you didn't know the way the Brewers started, I think you would take that. But knowing that the Brewers started 17 and 10 to be 21 and 20, uh, that certainly, you know, puts a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth. But Vinny, what are your overall thoughts on this Brewers team now that we're a quarter of the way through the season? If you're an optimist like I am, I, I would tend to agree with you the fact that um, it's uh, encouraging that, I mean, if you just look at it on paper as to how much, how much, how many transactions there have been, I mean, you said it right there, 42nd player or whatever, to play for the Brewers already after 40 games. Um, it's astounding really the, the amount of injuries that they've had, the amount of roster moves that they've had to endure. So, um, but if you're a pessimist, like I know, you know, not necessarily a pessimist, just kind of more like a realist at times, like that's, that's pretty bad. The, the, this last two week stretch is, is pretty bad. And, and I know we'll get into it in, in the offense and we've been getting into it for the last two weeks on every single podcast. So, so they got to snap out of it somehow. Um, it seems like they did a little bit today, but then, then the, the bullpen and the defense kind of, uh, more, more so the defense, more so Luis Urias kind of forsake, <laughs> forsake was, you know, forsake them, forsake them, yeah, forsaken them, Sounds whatever. Good. Yeah, it works. <laughs> got, nailed it. You're not on TV or anything, are you? You don't do anything like that, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, every once in a while, but anyway, yeah. so, uh, it's been, yeah, it's been hard to watch to be honest with you. So, but like you said, 21 and 10, take it, move forward from here, try and build off it. Need to get Yelich back. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's the bottom line. Well, well, let's get into it for just a second, because what is the biggest, you know, and obviously it's going to be a pretty obvious question, but if you can get more specific with it, with it you know, please do, um, but what is the biggest area of weakness? What needs to be addressed the most for this team going forward? Because it can't just be Yelich coming back, right? I don't think, I don't think he cures all of the problems this team has had in the month of May, where they've gone five and ten. But uh, maybe he does. I, I don't know. But what do you think is the biggest need that needs to be addressed for this team? 
I think it is Yelich, to be honest with you. I mean, look at the look at the Braves, right? So the Braves are a really good team. Their bullpen looks terrible um, after today. Um, but the Braves lineup, really formidable. Why? They have Freddie Freeman sitting right there in the two-hole. I mean, every time you turn the lineup over, you, you're worried about when Freddie Freeman's up. I mean, Yelich is that type of bat. Yeah. Um, and so – uh, and look, Marcelo Zuna, he's no slouch, obviously. And Ozzy Albee's no slouch either. The rest of their lineup is just okay. I, I mean, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I think Austin Riley's show, showing me something and showing some promise. Dansby Swanson has always seemed to be a little bit of an underachiever. Um, just their lineup up and down. But Freddie Freeman just sitting there right there in the middle of that lineup is just like pitchers, everyone feels it. I mean, I, I was listening to Bob Uecker, um during one of the broadcasts, I think yesterday, when uh, in Freeman, someone said, um, maybe it was Jeff Levering or, or anyway, Bob Uecker, one of them, one of the broadcasters was like, this guy's destined for the Hall of Fame. And I think that's right. Mm. I mean, he's that talented. He's that he's that much of a performer and he's that much of a leader for the team. And, and he makes them go. And I think the same about Yelich now. It is no excuse. They should be able to piece together some more, some more hits, some more um, opportunities. You know, execute some of these opportunities with runners in scoring position. However, it just, it just, it's a glaring hole in their lineup when Yelich isn't there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. And you know, I think Yelich makes a huge difference. But I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of pressure on him, and I'm I maybe being a little bit more uh, pessimistic about his history than maybe I should be. Um, but very worried about, you know, him coming back and possibly not being the Yelich that he was before, or it's just going to be this continuation of, um, you know, can he stay on the field? Is this going to become, you know, a recurring issue? So, uh, but I don't know where you, I don't know where you make adjustments, you know, um, other than, than first base, but it, you know, every other spot in the lineup seems to be pretty filled. You just got to hope some of these guys start to, to break out of it and, and hitting well. And the numbers are starting to be there. I mean, you look up and down the lineup now, you got Colton Wong hitting 266, Narvaez 359, Kane 222, Shaw 223, Avi 258, um, you know, Bogey's 205, and Bradley's 156, Rhea's 209. The bottom of that lineup, you know, not so great there. But, uh, I mean, the the average, average, batting average in the league right now is like 235. So, I mean, to see – you know, guys in the 220s, that suddenly doesn't look as bad. Certainly, you hope that's a little bit better. But, I mean, you put Yelich back there in the middle of that with Wong and Narvaez and the way they're hitting. And, you know, Shaw, you know, his average isn't there, but he's still been giving you good at bats all year. And suddenly the top of the lineup looks pretty formidable. So, um, so yeah, I, I get it. I think Yelich coming back is definitely the biggest need for this team, especially with the way the starting pitching has been in the bullpen for you know, the most part here lately, um, you don't need much, but you do need, you do need more than what they've been giving you. So I think that's certainly uh, the biggest area of concern weakness for this Brewers team. As we get through the first quarter of the season, uh, hopefully they'll be getting Yelich back soon and that will improve. And this team can go on another big run like they did to start the year. Uh, next, we will recap the games from over the weekend and get into our biggest takeaways from them. 
Before we do that, let me tell you about Wealthfront. Decades of data shows that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified at low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. Again, to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That's W E A L T H F R O N T.com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. This episode is also brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the Milwaukee Brewers or whatever your favorite team is. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Lockdown Brewers podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group of your choice for the latest league updates. And follow me at shortstopball to be notified when my room goes live. Lavinia, quickly break down uh, the games from over the weekend. <laughs> be quite honest with you, there's not much to talk about for the Brewers side through the first two games. However, they did get on the board first in Friday's game. They got a leadoff double by Evastel Garcia in the second. Shaw moved him over to third on a ground out, and then Arias brought him in on a single. So good to see them finally cash in on one of those leadoff doubles. Uh, but then Hauser ran into a bit of trouble in the third inning as he issued three walks to load the bases and then Austin Riley hit a ball back up the middle, went off of Hauser's leg and into center field to drive home two, and the Braves took a 2-1 lead. Hauser's pitch count got elevated very early, knew he wasn't going to be around long. Uh, Eric Lauer had to come in in the fourth, uh, where he worked a clean inning, but then Marcelo Ozuna and Ozzie Albies hit a couple of moon shots after him or, or in the, uh, to lead off the fifth inning, which made it a 4-1 lead for the Braves. Uh, and then the Braves played a little small ball in the seventh inning. They actually bunted the ball to bring in a run, making it five to one. Uh, and they tack on one more in the eighth. And the Brewers tried to mount a comeback in the ninth. They got back-to-back home runs from Luis Rios and Manny Pena to make it a six to three game. But then the Braves brought in their closer to stop the comeback. And that was the final. So they dropped game one of the series. Saturday's game was just honestly brutal. <laughs> Me and Benny were texting after that one. It was a tough one uh, for Milwaukee. Uh, they only had three hits in the game, and two of those came from Pablo Reyes, who didn't even start the game. Uh, and the Braves scored four runs in the first two innings. And honestly, with the way the offense has been going for the Brewers, it, it felt like it was over at that point. Ian Anderson had a no-hitter through six. And honestly, I didn't feel like he had his best stuff that night. He was struggling with his command all night, and Brewers hitters just kept helping him out and bailing him out, swinging at pitches outside the zone. 
trying to be overly aggressive, probably some of that pressure that me and Benny have been talking about, trying to get that big hit um, and, and just helping the pitcher out and, and chasing balls they shouldn't. Uh, but Bogey, uh, fortunately, broke that up in the seventh inning, got a leadoff single. And then Pablo Reyes hit a double that I thought was gone off the bat. Again, another ball dying at the warning track. Um, but that uh, they were able to, did manage to score one run in that inning on a sack fly uh, to make it a 4-1 game. But the Braves got it right back in the eighth with a leadoff homer from William Contreras, making it a 5-1 game. Uh, and the Braves would go on to win that one by that same score. And then Sunday's game, Benny, this was a wild one. So um, the Brewers kept threatening early in the first couple of innings, but couldn't come through. And then Bogey, I mean, he just, uh, you know, I don't know what you want to call it. Got the weight off his shoulders. You know, the veil was lifted. Uh, He got a big, huge two RBI double in third with two outs to get the Brewers on the board early. And again, just like a big, you know, a big sigh of relief right there with that hat and uh, with that hit. And it was a great at bat by Vogie who just battled and then went down and got one and drove it. But Vinny, I thought that was a huge moment in that game early on. Again, they kept threatening, couldn't get that hit. And then Vogie came up a great at bat, got that two RBI double um, to put the Brewers on the board. Couple of, couple of points in the game where you could, if they start playing better baseball, you could point to the fact that um, that at bat and and the uh, another play in the game we talk, you and I talked about before um, the Pablo Reyes ground, uh, play in the eighth this unbelievable play. You could point to those two plays. Well, obviously they had a bat, and then that play like being like a turnaround for the team. If you know, if in fact they start playing better baseball, mm-hmm. um, just because. I, I even tweeted out the fact that like maybe Vogie uh, sacrificed the live chicken in the clubhouse um, <laughs> before, <laughs> because it really did open up the floodgates and allow the team to realize, and we've talked about this a million times, allow the team to realize that, Hey, we can score. I, you know, maybe there's a, some sort of confirmation bias or some sort of bias going on in my own head about like, I feel like they have, look, the, the, the at-bats have been, terrible at times but also they they have been squaring up some balls that it seems like are right at guys every single time now maybe again it's not it's not like the brewers are getting more unlucky than any other team right now and i'm just kind of like my i'm really alerted to it yeah i mean i think i think jbj stole like two home runs over the weekend so it's you know exactly yeah not like other teams aren't getting a little unlucky too and and kane drove a ball in saturday's game that i thought had the gap and guillermo heredia ran it down that would have been a huge play too so yeah certainly some of that going around yeah so that's yeah but bogey's ab was just huge it obviously opened up the floodgates for the offense and hopefully they just kind of realize that they can score and just have to execute quality at bats from here. And, um, and, and that's really all you can control. You can't really control anything else. They just have to execute. And they've been very poor at executing until today. Yeah. Um, so again, just to get to the wildness of this game, they, they got a couple more or they got another uh, two out run in the fourth and then Abby hit a, a home run in the fifth. And the Brewers got up eight to nothing in this game going to the seventh inning and certainly with the rest of bullpen, uh, felt like this one was going to be a breeze. Uh, but then the Braves bats woke up and the Brewers helped them out a little bit as well. Uh, JP Fires and gave up a couple of hits and a couple of walks. Um, ended up giving up four runs and Suter came in. He only allowed a hit. Um, and but next thing you know, the Brewer or the Braves score 
seven runs in the seventh inning to all of a sudden make it an eight seven game and there's some plays in there Vinny we're gonna get into uh here in a minute but just finish recapping the rest of this game um after that Lorenzo Kane came up with another big hit uh, again with the bogey hit and this Kane hit those were two really huge hits in this game uh, but Kane got a two-run RBI in the bottom of the seventh which stretched the lead back out to three which again was huge because the Braves got single runs in the eighth and the ninth inning um but Hader was able to hold on for the win, a 10-9 win, which uh, just crazy. Um, but, the, but the Brewers avoid getting swept and hang on after almost blowing an 8-0 lead. Again, I want to get into a couple of big takeaways from Sunday's game, which was a wild one uh, after the break. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And even though the NFL season is over, you got the NBA and NHL playoffs coming up, as well as the Major League Baseball regular season. But BetOnline.ag does it more than that. They also cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to betonline.ag on your phone or internet browser today and sign up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code locked on. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So, Vinny, we, we were kind of talking about this beforehand. I mean, you got an 8 nothing lead, and things kind of fall apart in the seventh, and a lot of that had to do with the Brewers' shortstop, who made a couple of really rough errors uh, in that inning to allow the Braves to get back in the game. Yeah, the first one was the most frustrating one to watch because it, it made you think, like, Luis Urias doesn't want to throw the ball to first base. The fact that the out was at first, it was a jam job. You weren't going to get in Ciarte at second base. Um, and even if you were, take the sure out at first. It's Pablo Sandoval, who I could outrun right now, <laughs> and pull, even after pulling a couple of hamstrings, doing it. Um, and so just take the out at first. It makes you feel like the kid does is, is kind of scared to throw the ball at first. I'm just, it's concerning. It's concerning. And so, and so obviously it's a poor throw and it was a late throw to second. That was the biggest, that was the biggest, uh, you know, head scratcher for me. You could tell he was thinking about it on the very next ball. Um, it was, it was like, it wasn't a real clean it was a double play ball. It wasn't really that clean in terms of like the, from glove to hand. He, it was a poor job of actually handling the baseball and taking care of the baseball. And then, and then it was a high and too quick of a flip for Colton Wong to handle. And he can handle any, anything. The guy's a, a wizard, um, especially turning double plays. So that was weird error on, on Wong. I think, I'm sorry, on, Urias, I think that they called the error originally on Wong, but I think they changed it. So then, yeah, and that, so are we talking about the seventh? Because it happened again in the eighth where he right. just kind of 
you could tell. So the, the concerning part is, and he'll get over this eventually, but the concerning part is that it looks like he's a little bit tentative out there at shortstop. Can't play major league shortstop that way. I'm not saying it's easy. No. <laughs> I'm just saying they got to figure it out as a yeah. team because, because look, at the end of the day, J.P. Feierheisen was not as sharp as usually. He has walked a couple batters. He was yanking a fastball. Okay, so now you, you, he ends up giving up a run. I know there was an error involved in there, so I don't know how, how many earned runs Feierheisen ends up with. But Suter gave up a grand slam after that, which Feierheisen's runs are out there. So now, in an indirect way, this is how baseball works. In an indirect way, Luis Urias – the fact that he couldn't field a couple of routine, as routine as it gets, ground balls for a major league shortstop, um, it's going, it may affect, Maria, uh, I'm sorry, Fireheisen and even Suter's confidence level out there. I mean, look, you're not human unless you under, you look at, at, the, at the stat line and say, okay, that's my ERA. I mean, You'd like to think that they're all f- super focused on the process. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> Relievers especially kind of look at their ERA, see how they're doing. Um, and all of a sudden, J.P. Fireheisen was setting records, and all of a sudden he's giving up runs. Look, he didn't pitch great. I'm not, I'm not blaming it all on Urias. I'm just saying there's a, a human element to it. There's that part of the game that, that that's why defense, especially infield defense up the middle, is so so important to your team and uh that that's the only concerning part going forward is that man this kid's got to figure it out otherwise it's like it affects everybody yeah yeah for sure and we've talked about his defense before and whether or not you know he has the ability to play there what what's what's kind of frustrating too is that he'll make some of the more harder plays like the diving play up the middle and get up and, and throw it. it you know it's kind of like when he has time to think about it you know that's where it becomes a problem for him um so i, I don't know i again i know we've talked about it in podcasts you know in the past but i don't know what they do to fix it other than to just trying to get some confidence and um continue to to work on it but certainly you know it's been a struggle for him this year defensively uh, obviously leads the team in airs which is shortstop you're going to get uh, you're going to get the majority of the opportunities usually, but um, mostly throwing. Again, you, you've talked about it a lot. He he has some issues throwing the baseball, so he's got to get that worked out if he wants to continue to be a major league shortstop. But don't want this podcast to be all doom and gloom. The Brewers did win the game on Sunday, even though in some ways it feels like they lost it. Um, but the top of the lineup on Sunday was great. I mean, Wong, Narvaez, and Kane each had three hits in this game. So again, good to see the top of the order keep going, getting going, and that's what we talked about. You you put uh, Yelich in that mix, and suddenly this you know lineup is what we thought it could be at the beginning of the year, uh, especially if you know Keston keeps hitting like he has been at Nashville, and he can figure some things out and come back up uh, later. I mean that that would be huge for this offense. So good to see them finally get going, getting some big hits. They were two for fifteen with runners in scoring position on Sunday, which is actually an upgrade of where they have been over the last couple of weeks. So uh, again, you know, like we said, there's some moments in this game that have the potential to really kind of set this team up uh, to get on a run here. Hopefully they'll do so. They'll have the off day on uh, today on Monday. Um, So if you're listening to this podcast, please make sure to hit us up on Twitter at lockdown brewers, send us any questions as we'll 
Uh, most likely be doing a mailbag uh, podcast on Monday and Thursday this week with another off day. So again, you know, that gives the Brewers some time to rest and maybe they, they do decide to continue to rest Yelich and let him get some reps in AAA. And maybe they wait to bring him back for the weekend against the Reds, but we'll have to see. Um, but they do go to Kansas City for two games on t- uh, a game on Tuesday and a game on Wednesday, then another off day on Thursday before going to Cincinnati. Uh, but that will do it for this episode of Locked On Brewers. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Brewers. Again, send us any questions you have there for our mailbag episodes this week. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and Vinny at Vinny Rotino. Also, please make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Brewers podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 